0: got an interview for the dream job um and after working with him i got it and it was simple and it was
1: easy yeah uh, I've, I've really enjoyed the journey um
0: oh has it helped yes it absolutely has um it's definitely helped in knowing the market a lot better and knowing how to present like how to put myself out there like I would never ever have touched my LinkedIn ever. I, I didn't see LinkedIn as a valuable resource at all. Yes. So in saying that, it already has proven to be. That's really what valuable. I
1: say. I think you guys are you guys are great and change change people's lives and it makes a lot of difference. You, um, deliver at a at a very high level. Um,
0: It was really enjoyable, you learn a lot, um, it was really
1: easy going step-by-step. You can do before Wendy do it. So that was uh, I think session five, the, the interview session, uh, if you ask me, was my favorite out of all the other six sessions. Uh, so it's not only helped me in my personal um, branding, but it's helped me now on my on the business side, um, where I feel very,
0: very capable to, to go and you know.
1: You guys ready? Let's do it. Hey, super legends, superheroes, and uh, superstars. My name is Dr. Drake. Yes, without the doctor, you are tuned into to Hotline, which is the number one place if you're looking to move forward faster in your career and also in your life. So today, boom, 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 shake the room. We've got two doctors in the house. And before I introduce my next guest, I just want to let you know that we are live on LinkedIn, live on Facebook and live on YouTube. So if you are tuned in right now live, let me know where in the world you are tuned in from. And if you're watching the replay, you know what to do, hashtag replay. This will help me to work out all the stats and the analytics in the back end. Actually, before we get into it, I have, I'm going to plug my challenge. So I've got a five day lead blitz challenge, which is going to be happening on Monday. So if you're a small business owner and you want a shit ton, excuse my language, a shit ton of leads and also paying clients, then this is the challenge for you. If you don't want that, then this is not the challenge. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fire. And I'm going to give you absolutely everything. And it's tried, it's tested, and the results have been phenomenal. So without any further ado, I've been really excited for today, really excited so my next guest is i'm not even going to say anything i'm going to introduce her so this is she's actually a real doctor so i'm a fake doctor so i want to say hey melody so i want to say a massive warm welcome to dr leshmi rajan aka dr biggs
0: hey how how are you
1: amazing and you
0: yeah good it's my first live I'm really nervous
1: (laughs) I know you'll be fine you'll be fine so um I'm so happy I'm so grateful that you're that you're here to share your career your life and also what you do so we were talking before and I think what you do is just like amazing and I can't Mm. wait for you to share that so do you want to share a little bit about yourself and and what you do and
0: Yeah. So uh, professionally, kind of my business, I'm known as Dr. Bakes, but my name is Dr. Leshmi Prajan. I'm based in the UK. And I teach autistic children life skills through baking. Um, And it's because I started doing it with my niece. So my niece was diagnosed with autism when she was about five or six years old. And I was in medical school at that time. So it was a real big like, oh, my God, like I always knew I wanted to go into children's type medicine. But I like that diagnosis, like, And and any parent with a child of autism or special needs knows like when that gets there, you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? How can I help them? So from a personal perspective, I was in medical school when I got when she got the diagnosis. And I straight away as a medical student does, went on to the pediatric ward and quizzed all the consultants like and, you know, like was getting in there. And just like from medical school onwards, I had it then changed. Like I then wanted to become a community pediatrician, which basically is a pediatrician that specializes in all the neurodevelopmental disorders. So not just autism, like ADHD, epilepsy, developmental delay, like behavioral issues. And I just, I love I end up loving it. And it's not a particularly popular branch of pediatrics because it's not like on a ward, it's not in a hospital and you're not doing the exciting stuff. Um, you're in a clinic having a cup of tea and, and writing loads of paperwork. But I, I like that, I mean, not paperwork, but I like sitting down and having a cup of tea (laughs) but I like the ability that you can almost be like a coordinator of the child's care so like I sit down but because I'm a GP with a special interest I can't make the diagnosis but I've got I've got like three years in pediatric hospital medicine kind of working I did like six months of community pediatrics in St George's Hospital in London and I did another six months of pediatric neurology in St Thomas's so that's the one like opposite Big Ben Like, it's a massive hospital. Yes, you know, I could see big men out the window. It was so exciting. I know. I was like, whenever I needed to look at the time, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) right. But they've got, like, 12 different pediatric neurologists and three pediatric, like, metabolic consultants. And it was just an amazing, yeah. Like, it blows your mind, the stuff that you see there. Like, some of the rarest stuff in the world. I mean, I was only a junior, but... You know, I was just doing the everyday ward stuff, but I learned so much. And so I moved back to Cardiff now and that experience, that three years of experience um, in pure paediatrics, I've now taken over to GP land because I'm now officially, I'll be a GP in in six months. Um, Yeah, yeah, so I carry that with me. And when I graduate, I will literally call myself a paediatric GP because I just want to mostly deal with these children. I can treat, treat adults, obviously, but. I like 80%, 89% of the time I would prefer to do like medical work in that field, but split my time. Then with Dr. Bakes, like, so literally split my week in half. So like half of the time with the NHS, our government sort of medical system, and half of the time use like Dr. Bakes and kind of, because the waiting list on the NHS to get a diagnosis of autism is about a year. You're kidding me. No, because, like I said, it's not a popular branch of paediatrics, so not many paediatricians choose to specialise in community paediatrics. They just do the paediatric training, which is eight years. (laughs) Eight
1: years, jeez, yeah. That's
0: That's after medical school. Medical school is five years. Your two junior doctor years are two years. And then if you want to choose your specialty, paediatrics is another eight. till you can call yourself a consultant paediatrician. That is crazy. That is crazy. crazy. That's like, I can't do math. That's like 15 years. was like eight years, two years, five years. <laughs> I'm not very mathematically inclined, but that's like 15 years if you just do full-time, no career breaks, no nothing from the day you graduate to the day you become a consultant for pediatrician. Wow. And then that's a general pediatrician, but a community pediatrician, is the same amount of time, but it's just a different branch. So not many pediatricians choose to go in that sort of less popular branch, they all become like a general pediatrician or neonatologist or like the, you know, the exciting hospital stuff that you do. Um, They are not a lot of people kind of like just working in clinics, having a cup of tea and just kind of the chill, just sit down, like almost no emergencies. Yeah. like I don't see any emergencies. Like the one thing I love pediatric training, but the one thing I just couldn't handle in hospital was like the, the, the serious dying side of it. Like so, oh, when you... no, no, Yeah, no, no, I don't want to talk about that that literally makes me do that. I'm like, oh yeah. no, And I had to do, obviously I did three years, so you do get those bad days. They're not often, but you know, 8, 90% of the time paediatrics is great, but there is a 10% of the time in the hospital where you just come home and you're like, I can't do it. Um, whereas you don't have that in community paediatrics because you don't see them in the hospital. So like, if they're ill, I'd be like, go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> if they're acutely <laughs> unwell, they like, go that way. Um, but I enjoy being able to sit there from a medical perspective and like ask the parents. So like, have you told your school that you suspect this? Have you got a SENCO, which is how it works here, like a special educational needs coordinator? Have you got the right. psychological assessment? Have you got all the things already ready in place for the consultant paediatrician to make the full diagnosis? Because if it takes a year to get like to wait from your GP to the community paediatrician. In the middle, I can be like, I can look at the child and be like, yeah, they've probably got ADHD, like pretty sure, like 100% sure I would have diagnosed it. Have you got a Senko? Have you done the psychological assessment? Have you got the school involved? Have you done the questionnaires at home and in school? Like there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. So by the time you get to that one year mark, it's all been done. And the consultant, goes, oh, you've done that, you've done that, you've done that, you've done that. Right, great. Um, I've assessed the child. I will need to assess the child in six months time, again, with the same issues to then formally diagnose ADHD or autism. Because you can't diagnose it in one sitting. It has to be persistent symptoms over six months. So if a child is just a little bit hyperactive and a little bit defiant um, and doesn't fulfill all the criteria in the first setting, maybe six months later, they might do. In which case, you know that the symptoms have lasted like six months to eight months. And they're just as bad. So then you can say, yes, your child is autistic. Yes, your child is ADHD because they make that diagnosis very young if they can. I think like five or six years old, like my niece. So it's a long process to actually get the diagnosis. And only when you get the diagnosis here in the UK do you then qualify for the free school help.
1: And what's involved in that, what's involved in the, so basically, the free school?
0: Day? If you get a diagnosis from a consultant pediatrician of this child has autism, you can take that letter, present it to school, the school then get funded extra funding from the government. So you based on that statement, like the Senko, will based on all of the evidence, they'll be like, right, we feel this child needs occupational therapy once a week, speech therapy once a week, and a one-to-one teacher, maybe you know, for eight hours of a week. The child will get that from then on free of charge to the school and the parents because it's funded by the government. because you've got the diagnosis so it's part of their educational need they need the ot they need the salt sorry speech and language and they need the occupational therapy and they need the one-to-one in the classroom otherwise they can't focus you need to assess for dyslexia they can't focus they can't read they can't get themselves as educated so my niece when she was Eight years old, was the first time because I like baking. It's my like stress therapy. Like the more mad I am, the more cakes fly out the kitchen. You know, I'm in a bad mood. If there are like two cakes at work, they'd be like, "What's wrong?" I was like, <laughs> "So I would do it all the time." <laughs> and obviously, <honestly, laughs> my niece. <laughs> it, it. <laughs> it's really is- a good form of therapy. Like it really yeah. is. You can like hammer out. You're like because then you can use fondant, which is like edible Play-Doh. So it's quite hard. Oh, and you can roll really? out, as can bash some Play-Doh and like mix some little things. So anyway, I do it a lot. And my niece joined me. And so I was like, she was eight or nine. And I was like, yeah, come on, let's just make the cake. And and she, I said, well, why don't you read the first line? And she was like, okay, uh, put the butter and sugar in a bowl, whisk it, then add the eggs and the flour. And I was like, go on. And she read that sentence. I was like, go on then. And she just looked at me. And she didn't know what to do. Oh. It was one. Person. She's eight years old, nine years old, roughly. It was one multi-step instruction centers, and she couldn't do it. She she read it, but she didn't understand she it.
1: Understand it? Yeah, yeah.
0: No. So I literally had to cover up the rest of the instructions, and I said, "Put butter in a bowl." Okay, fine. Next one. Add in sugar. Next one. Whisk it. When I did that, no problem.
1: She could so what? sorry to interrupt so what is happening there like with, with her like brain is she, she she's just, just reading the whole line and just getting confused just with
0: words she can yeah. read the words she can read the alphabet she can read words but she doesn't really you could say a, potato alphabet soup rocket she doesn't, wouldn't doesn't know she can read the sentence but and, and sometimes, it, like when she was younger, like the way she speaks, her grammar and sort of like the sentence structure and stuff like that, like, aged eight was very, very poor. It was like, a, not poor, I mean for her, like the age of a four-year-old. And she was eight. Yeah. So like simple things like the right pronouns using he, she, following multi-step instructions, like stuff that they should be doing as an eight-year-old. Like an eight-year-old in school is doing times tables. Right. If she can't tell which number is bigger than which... How the hell is she doing times tables? Because when she was measuring out the flour, I said, go up to 200 grams. And she got to 150. I was like, and then I was like, well, what do you need to do now? And she's like, she didn't know. She didn't know that 200 was higher than 150. She couldn't compute that. And she was eight. And in school, they were already doing times tables. And in my head, I was like, if she doesn't know which number is bigger than which, how on earth are they teaching her the times table? How is she understanding that? So, that first oh. half an hour with her, it blew my mind from a medical, sort of pediatric perspective. Cause I just, I'd known her all my life, obviously. Like she lives, you know, next door to me. So, um, and I just, as her aunt, no clue. I didn't realize that about her. And then I just was like, right. Every time I bake, let's do this. And I was pushing her and I was doing it in a way that she could do it on her own. And it took me a good, three months or so of like making regularly would do cupcakes and the same recipe. I'm just talking about the five in one, five ingredients yeah. in the bowl, in the oven. That's it. Like that was all it was. And it took me about a good three months of making it. Like basically all together. We made it like so many times, like almost 20 times and by the end, and I was stepping back and stepping back. And then by the end, I said to the, my niece, I said, Oh dear, can you just start off? I've got to put my son to bed and I'll come and join you in a bit. And intentionally, I stepped out of the kitchen. I shut the door and didn't come back. And then she emerged, two and a half hours later, yeah, or three hours later. I think it was three. It was it was a school night. It was like eight thirty, and she came out with a tray of fully decorated, iced, sprinkled cupcakes.
1: No went, way! Yeah,
0: on her own. <laughs> The whole thing, because I, I intentionally did that. I closed the door. I did not go in there. And she could, close, she could open it up and ask me a question. Like, I was sitting down in the sofa having a tea, just wondering. She opened the door at 8.30. We started it, like, after school at, like, 4.30. Or I told her that at 4.30. Oh, you've, you know, why did not you make some for, take some into school or something? She mm-hmm. came out at the end with this tray of six ice decorated sprinkled cupcakes all on her own. And I, rem- I remember specifically taking a picture of her when she came out because in the background, you can see the window, it was like pitch black because it was like <laughs> 9 o'clock at night by the time she'd done it. But she was so proud of herself and I was like amazing. And so it was literally one, but I repeated it and repeated it and I stepped back and I stepped back and I allowed her to kind of just push it. And she didn't even realize I was doing that. And you can ask things like, oh dear, if you wanted to make two cakes, you know, how much flour would you need? You know, for one cake there's 200 grams. So, like, how much would you need for two cakes? I just slip it in there, and she'd be sitting there going, 300. And I was like, no. And then, but by the end, she knew how to double, and she knew how to half things. She understood the concept. And then when she came, I laughed my head off because she came out with the tray of cupcakes. She was so proud, and my dad was so proud of her. My dad's like, "I'll buy a cupcake from you right now. How much do you want for one cupcake?" And she's like, oh, "I don't know." Um, and my dad's like, "Here, yeah, I'll give you, uh, I don't know, five pounds." And she was like, "Thanks, oh, five pounds for one cupcake." Yeah, had no idea. And yeah, for one cupcake, she just was so excited. And I was like, "Yeah, why didn't you sell one to Rio, my son, who's eight or six at the time, four at the time?" Yeah. And Rio like had a copper, like you know, a, a two pence, like piece like not even one pound and he just gave it to her and she just gave him one and I was like do do, do you know the difference (laughs) between five pence and five pounds and she was like she just she couldn't she didn't she didn't understand that five pounds is really expensive for one cupcake and I was like oh this is interesting we could do money like we could do finance next time Mm. try and you know do pricing and stuff like that because kids don't need to like autistic children those with special needs they don't need to know algebra let's be honest they need to know how to, you know, make a meal, you know, follow a recipe, cook for themselves, you know, spend their money wisely, you know, maybe try and rent their own place, you know, become independent and hold down a job. That's what every parent wants. You know, when, we, when my niece was diagnosed with autism, my mum, she's like, oh my God, she's never gonna get a job. She's you know, what, what do we do? What, do? what does she do when we die? And like, my mum was freaking out and I was like, calm down, she will be fine. It will take her 20, 25 years to get to the level of where she needs to be, but she can get there because she has because hers was not very um, uh, severe. She was sort of mild to moderate autism. So she still has the capability of learning. She's 18 now, um, yeah. or turned 18 in September, and she's taking food technology for her like exam. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's cooking a three course meal for her family once a week as like practice for her exam. Love that. Like she, I went over the other day, right, and no joke, she'd made homemade custard and it was so good, I was like, I, I want that, I was like, that, yeah, homemade, fresh vanilla custard with like proper vanilla, like bean, like extra, not extract, apple, apple
1: pie, apple crumble?
0: I do the apple crumble and she makes the custard, because mm. mm. I can make apple crumble in two seconds she can actually make apple crumble now she knows how to but it takes her quite a long time but she can make the custard really easily so we have a, a an agreement that whenever um, you know a family party or something like people come over she makes the custard i'll make the thing and we can serve dessert and she can serve it it's like i made this and she's so proud and my nephew's like now 13 and nine and my son who's just turned eight they're all into baking. My 13-year-old nephew bakes harder stuff than I've ever tried.
1: Okay, like, so is he, this your I, influence? Is this your influence? Like, is this your... Yeah, I, I, ever, yeah. Full,
0: I take full credit for how good they are at <laughs> I saw <laughs> like yeah. all of them, the like, age two or three, they were like mixed. my son was mixing a bowl of icing, i got a little video when he was like two years old, he was standing on like a stool with a little apron on, just like mixing the icing together, and all the kids get involved, and my nephew, he's 13, and I don't know if you know anything about desserts, but he attempted to make milfoy, have you ever seen that fancy French dessert? Yeah, um, it's no there it a French yeah. it that's got like layers yeah. of puff pastry, like in a stack, and then in between each one, it's got a little bit of cream and berries. Oh he... yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You
0: yeah. attempted to make that, and I was like, I know how to do it, but I've never made it, like because it's so difficult.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and, and he right. just went for it. So anyway, um,
1: right. so can I went we, to Can I interrupt for a minute? Can we? Um, because we were talking before, and you said that there's a lot of people. So you, like, you're a doctor but there's a lot of people that mistake you for being
0: um, someone
1: that does like, a baker, like children's yeah, children's so can you... yeah, yeah <laughs> yeah, So yeah. well, I get so, called yeah.
0: all the time for like, you know, Dr. Bakes is the business name and and that's what you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's Dr. Bakes and everyone's like, oh, she sells party cakes and I was like no, 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 I don't sell party cakes I'm, I'm a medical doctor you said it at the beginning that you're a fake doctor and I was laughing, <laughs> a lot of people think, oh, she's the doctor of cakes and I'm like no 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 I'm a medical doctor I don't well, I can make party cakes and I make them for my nieces and nephews for their birthdays and my son I just made a rocket actually um for his birthday like two weeks ago I put it on my Instagram like like literally this morning and I made like yeah. a, a standing up rocket it's the first time I've done a standing up cake but my business is baking therapy for autistic children that is I teach baking them life therapy. skills so I like my niece I teach them to double half like. I use that same recipe. Oh God, where's it gone? I got a book. Basically, I use the same. uh, Where's it? The same recipe that you know. I saying that five in one recipe, Mm. and I wrote this. But I did it like this. So, like for autistic kids, like every single page has like very bright, very colorful, very very simple things. Like a little page on like teaching them. You know, I can't do it. Like where it comes from. Because this is the stuff I wanted my niece to learn, so I wrote that little book and I use that same five-in-one recipe and I watch the child do it and see yeah. where they struggle. Because if they struggle right from the beginning, it's like can they read? Um, if they struggle halfway through, I was like, oh, they can't find everything. It's like, do they have dyspraxia or dyslexia or, you know, ADHD? Can they not complete the recipe or or Like, I can what I can sit back and watch them do it. And then I can be like, right, they get stuck here. So I think we need to work on X. Um, and I can help you get to the end. I can basically help you get to the end and learn these life skills. And then the parents can do that at home. Like I usually have the, ch- the par- or a parent, depending on the age of a child, if they're younger, I'll have a parent sitting in the corner watching how I interact with the child, the words that I use, the way that I say it. I slow down. I say just one sentence. And I checked, did you get that? And then let them do it and stand back. Yeah. Like, like parents, you know, as parents, we, we automatically try and help our kids out. We're like, oh, I'll just do it, it's quicker. But with these children, for them to learn, you literally have to sit back down and, and I don't know, put your hands under your legs and just don't get up until I ask you a question. And then you just tell them the answer. And if they still don't get it, okay, you can go and help them. So, when the parents then watch how I do it, they can then go home and try and practice it as like homework. So, by the time they right. come back next week with me, they bring I and I encourage parents to like video what their child is doing. So, I can and send me like the videos through whichever way they do it. Yeah. And then they send me and then I look at it and I'm like, right, fine. This week we'll do this. And then whatever they make, not huge amounts, I don't send them home with like, you know, an entire cake, they get to take home. So they can make like lots of little figures so one guy was obsessed with spider-man and out of the fondant he made a little spider-man i was like take it home show your friends show off um and they love that they don't realize that they're learning they're having fun they are just making a cookie i've
1: got two questions to ask you before i forget so just i want to go back a bit so you know you mentioned about the support that kids get at school In your opinion, do you think they get enough support or do you think
0: there should be more support? Depends on which country you're in. I don't think any other country than the UK does it well. Australia was terrible. Australia was the worst. India, no, actually, India was the worst. Oh, my God, they're not even acknowledged. They're streaked under the carpet. Australia don't give you, you have to fund everything yourself and put it into the school. They don't mind what you do, but you have to pay for it all. Like if you want a one-to-one, you pay them and they can sit in the school, that's fine. But they, they don't, you know, so the UK, once you've got a diagnosis of autism here in the UK, it is absolutely fantastic. Because you don't have to pay for speech and language, occupational therapy, physiotherapy, um, a one-to-one in the classroom. If they need that, they will yeah. get it. The school don't have to pay either. And you get a uh, a reduced if you are happen to be going to a private school, say for example, not a state school, you get a reduced um, uh, sort of you pay less because it's yeah. part funded by the government. Their place is like fifty percent off or something like that. So for my niece. The school that she's in at the moment is hands down the best place for her. They are so good with her. She you know, she's still she's 18, but she's still in her aged sixteen class. And they're keeping yeah. her on until she does that exam. And they're so patient. They made her repeat a year when she needed it and then move up. And anytime my sister has a concern, they're right on it. Like it's the best school I've seen, the one in Cardiff for helping, or the one that she's been to out the ones that she's because she went to Australia for a year. She spent a year out in Brisbane with my oh Las vegas that's where i am yeah yeah is that where are you yeah brisbane oh yeah so my sister worked in the she's a doctor she worked in one of the big hospitals in brisbane and um, was an eye surgeon and so the whole family moved over to brisbane for a year and my niece went to a school i can't remember what she was she loved the school but yeah. they provided no help But because of that after six months when i went and visited them nice. Yeah her language skills had just gone up suddenly she was um because nobody was helping her suddenly she was able to form full sentences as opposed to just pointing in a couple of words suddenly she had because she didn't get the help in school so she had to use all her words she had to do all her stuff herself so her Uh, conversation uh, like i came six months later and i was like to my sister i was like this is a different child. Like she's using the pronouns correctly. She's speaking in whole sentences. I was like in six months, like it was like, it's like she'd had speech and language therapy for six months, like intensively because she just had to do it herself. And at that age, she was, I don't know, again, she was about seven or eight as well. So I was amazed that not helping, like giving no support whatsoever actually helped her a little bit. Captain okay. jumper level, and then she came back to the UK. And then at that jumped level, they gave her the appropriate sort and she's going and she's carrying on.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. All right. So how do people how do people get hold of your book? What's the best way?
0: The website. Everything's on my website. You can buy there's a link to buy the book or on Amazon. The book's on Amazon, but there's a link to buy the book. But there's also a contact form that like, if you have questions that you want to ask me, you just send it on there and I can just like send a reply back. So my website um do you have it on there? It's drbakes.com.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's on um, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And then when I upload this in a few days, it'll be on Spotify, Apple and all the rest. Yeah. The so if
0: you go to that website, it says everything about who I am, more about who I am, my medical experience, what it is I do. It's got all my more it's just got more information. Um, so that by the end of reading that website, you should know, right? A parent with a special needs child will be like, Yes, I need to ask a question and then they can just send it, or I want to buy the book, and it's on there. So it's it, that's the easiest place to go.
1: Brilliant. All right, very last question. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I think I've, I've told you about a million times that I'm obsessed with, like, dad jokes. You have. So do you, <laughs> so do you have a dad joke, something motivational, a quote, something inspirational, something empowering, something of value that you'd like to, yeah. to leave us? This-
0: yeah. So my, my dad joke is copied from Jurassic Park. So don't like um like the original original Jurassic Park. So it's a dinosaur joke, and it is. Okay. What do you call a blind dinosaur? Oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, Not What do you call a blind dinosaur?
1: I, I know, but I, I'm gonna say I don't know. But yeah. Do you do you know? I think well, so. You tell it. Is it? Yes. Do you think he saw us?
0: Yes. <laughs> but what do you call a blind dinosaur's dog?
1: I have no idea.
0: Do you think he saw us, Rex? Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah. The kid says two, and I, I just burst out laughing in the cinema. I was like, I loved it. Like, do you think he saw us, Rex? <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank
1: you so much. Um, yeah, I just want to say a massive huge thank you for you for getting up so early because it's, what, 6? Well, it was 6 in the morning. What's it like 6.30? Yeah, I 30
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so thank you for giving up your time so I know how busy you are. And also I remember when, because we met oh, maybe about three, four weeks ago on my Clubhouse, and that was like my first time. And mm-hmm. I just absolutely just love like, your energy and
0: what you're about. And I know that you love to talk. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs>
1: and yeah, I'm so glad that we've got like, connected and the amount of like value, knowledge, and like skills and experience that you've got is just so 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 valuable. So, yeah, I appreciate you so thank much.
0: You. Oh, and was it what was the last one? Was there another question or something motivation or something?
1: No, no, I was gonna say, what's the best way to, to get hold of you through your website? Yeah, through
0: yeah, yeah. my website. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you.
0: Cool. And um, did you say